now for the Black Firehouse Podcast, the only Ghostbusters podcast that discusses props, costumes, sets, and special effects with your hosts, Austin Young and Dan Harshman. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Let's get ready. Switch me on. Good morning, Black Firehouse podcast listeners. This is your host, Dan Harshman, on uh, the most regular, semi-regular, completely irregular Ghostbusters podcast that focuses on props, costumes, sets, special effects, as always with his beloved co-host... Me. Mr. Austin Young, who really, let's be honest at this point, needs no introduction. Um... (laughs) <laughs> unless how you doing today bud unless you don't know that i go by ray cameron on facebook then it is the worst kept secret <laughs> in ghostbusters history i mean ever. there's still a couple of people who are like oh wait that's you it's like yeah it's a thing yeah. i i like how uh it's become synonymous though with you like it, it takes me a second when people's like oh i gotta go ask ray cameron something and i'm like you know his real name <laughs> they're still <laughs> calling you ray cameron i know uh, I'll, like, I'll have to get like a uniform made that has a a, a name tag that says Cameron on it, just to. And no, you should get a uniform that says Skywalker. Yeah, because that's that's the name you steal, Ray. Moving on. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and we're mo- and we're moving on because I'm mad at you because you know I love the sequel trilogy. I love it. I, I don't care what I anybody know. else thinks. I love them. And you should. You should love it. You know what? I I have this discussion often. I know it's not Ghostbusters related, but um, let's be real, man. Star Wars, George Lucas, as much as I don't like him as a director, uh, he hit it on the head. Uh, The prequels were made for the kids of that era, and then the Disney films were made for the kids of this era. So, like, um, love what you love and enjoy what you enjoy, because there's going to be a lot more people out there that enjoy it. And uh, nobody cares that some forty-year-old <laughs> like fat dude didn't like the Disney films because there is some like nine or ten-year-old out there whose entire world has just been blown away by those movies. So love what you love, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm there for it. All it proves is that I've never grown up. I'm still like twelve. I don't want to grow up. I don't blame you. Um. Wife and I recently discovered that one of those little Geoffrey stands at, like, I guess Macy's or Dillard's or Nordstrom's or whatever, like, is is local to us. So I was confused to see the Toys R Us branding mm-hmm. inside this dead-ass department store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no Ghostbusters stuff, though, so I was, I was bummed about that. Um, we have an exciting show today, Austin. I'm I'm actually really excited about this. Um, and I, I'm excited about the show that we have cooking up as well. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, we we just had a, a scheduling conflict last year, or last year. That's the last time we actually recorded an episode was last year. That's what it feels like. Um, it does. Every time we miss a week, which is like every week, it feels like a year goes by. Um. But we are in the process. We have them hooked. We just got to get the scheduling down in which uh, we are getting the hosts, the tour hosts of New York Ghostbusters filming locations. We got a lot of really good responses on that history post I made about the firehouse. 
and uh, Ryan and Josh were were getting them on the show, and I'm just ja- I'm jazzed about it. Yeah, because like they've been running that awesome uh, Ghostbusters filming location tour for a while now. Um, they ran the massive tour group during the Ghostbusters premiere event um, this past November, and they're just great guys. So I'm excited to get a chance to talk to them. I'm a little bummed that that's not this episode, but I'm also still excited about this episode's topic because uh, it's it's one of my favorite props out of many. Mm-hmm. I, I keep saying that, but I feel like all the Ghostbuster props are my favorite props. We should have an episode of Ghostbuster props that I hate. Um, I'm trying to think. Ghostbuster props that I hate. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I can't think yeah, of any. I can't. I can't either. They're all so much fun. There's, there's not a Ghostbusters prop where I'm like, oh, I don't want that, or I don't want to build that, or I don't want to see that. Um, but moving on. So Ghostbusters props news. Uh, let's talk about those cool photos that that came about of the Ghostbusters afterlife thrower. Oh yeah, I thought you were going to talk about the continuity Polaroids of the. The firehouse. I was like, "That's not prop news. What are you talking about?" Oh, that's not that. That's that is <laughs> that is. That's not prop news, but yeah. that's still news. It is. We news. should touch on that. Yeah. No. The... We touch on that first. Yeah. Do it. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, Derek Osborne, um, absolutely amazing guy. And Derek, yes, we are going to get you on this show. He's expressed a lot of interest on being on the show. I want him on the show. Austin wants him on the show. He is like one of the most prolific Ghostbusters um historians collectors yeah historians it's it's wild because he has a lot of screen production used things but not like tangible props he has background things and production pieces you know, mm-hmm. call sheet scripts the things that really showed you the behind the scenes and how ghostbusters how the cogs the the mechanics of everything happened which i mean he just he knows so much i mean it makes him an incredibly fascinating guy so i'm a, i'm jazzed to to get him on the show i think uh he's he's going to be coming in close after after josh and ryan on mm-hmm. our next episode because uh like you said yeah what a ghostbusters historian um, with such a fantastic collection and insight, he posted Polaroids. It was scout Polaroids of the Hook and Ladder 8 Firehouse from 1983, um, including a Polaroid of the Firehouse. Now, I, I don't know if he would be able to confirm this. Probably should have asked him. Uh, but one of the Polaroids on that on that sheet is the Firehouse, either in black and white. It's either a black and white photo or it is during production in which the firehouse has been painted. See, I saw a couple of people comment on that, and to me, it didn't look like it was painted. It just looked like the lighting was really dark. But I didn't. That could be. I did. Well. I didn't pay super close attention either. Um, so I'll have to go back and, and kind of look over those again and see if I can figure out from the this very small photo because it's not like individual photos, really, right? It's like one photo of. All the Polaroids Several photos. kind of laid yeah. out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a Polaroid board. I, yeah. You know, something you would put together, which... It, well, and that's the confusing thing. Is like, is it something that they put together to say, hey, this is this would make a good spot? 
or is it, hey, we put this together to show what we location scouted and here was the final image? I, I don't know because it's, you know, I don't, I just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, makes, I don't know either. That's why we got to get makes, him on the show. So yeah, he can exactly, tell us. Exactly. He can, he can educate us. And so I'm excited about that. And I was excited for him to share those. Um, the, the Polaroids that come out, even still now, I mean, I think about a year or two ago, some additional Polaroids showed up of the Ecto-1 before mm-hmm. it was converted. Yeah, the uh, isn't it kind of like a weird brown color? Gold, gold yeah, like yeah. a gold brown or something like that. And then um, the the prototype car, you know, the, the primer car was like red and white. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, those are really cool. And like, you know, even just... Uh, continuity polaroids or or scouting polaroids or whatever in and of themselves are just fascinating because you know everything's digital now and it's so cool to have tangible physical pieces of film history mm-hmm. that you know there's only one copy of um and you know when we get to see them when somebody's nice enough to scan them in and share them that's really really awesome it's a nice treat. Yeah. And uh, I especially love it because I love Alex Newborn jumping in on it mm-hmm. and figuring out things like what the license plate was. Yeah. So now it's like, all right, can can Cinema Machines give us a replica <laughs> of the original pre, you know, pre-Columbia TriStar purchase mm-hmm. of the Ecto-1 license plate? <laughs> and that's why we I love Alex Newborn is because he's just into the most ridiculously esoteric shit oh i love it and it's it's amazing some people collect proton packs and and ghost traps uh alex collects you know the scaled police cars (laughs) that were used on the set with mr stay puffed and somebody's got to do it yeah i mean it's it's great i i love his passion for Mm. for the the stuff he collects um but other photographs that were shared that I, I found is equally interesting. And this actually goes back to one of our earlier episodes in which we had Jordan on yeah. um, talking about the Ghostbusters gunner seat, which uh, Jordan had mentioned that there was a a white neutrona thrower, proton wand, whatever you want to call it, um, built for for the gunner seat and and here we have we've seen some photos of it kind of in the background Mm -hmm. but we never got photos of it during its construction process much less that there was three of them yeah um and stewart had posted some screen grabs of one of the afterlife like behind the scenes featurettes or whatever and there's uh some footage of i want to say it's a sequence where McKenna Grace is in the gunner seat. Um, I don't know if it's her first time in it or whatever, but she's like really excited. And, you know, the gunner seat comes spinning out and I had never noticed it, but apparently she's holding the white thrower in that footage. Um, Oh, cool. So, and the, the detail freak in me also noticed her sleeves are rolled down. And I was like, okay, that makes sense because there's the one scene at the very end of the Muncher chase, when they all get out of the car after he's been captured and Phoebe's sleeves are rolled down, whereas previously all other scenes, they're rolled up. 
And I always wondered, oh. like, what's the deal with that? Like, why? That's such a weird continuity error. But apparently they reshot almost the entire sequence, I'm assuming, with a white throw. Or they originally shot it with the white thrower. And then reshot yeah. everything with the black throw. I, uh, so which do you prefer? Honestly, I really like the white one. I, I do too. Um, but we, we touched on this again in an earlier episode, especially it was when the art book came out and, mm. uh, and we talked about that and there was a bunch of unused concepts in the art book of the gunner seat thrower that would have separated it more yeah. from the, the Phoebe Spangler thrower. And it was amazing to me how even just a, a color palette change separated it enough. Um, yeah. Watching the movie, it's hard to separate the two. And that's mostly because of the the foregrip. Both of them use shotgun foregrips. Yeah, and, and, know, and there was all this speculation all you know leading up to the movie you know are they the same thrower because they both have shotgun foregrip but then you know a lot of us that were doing research on it were like okay but those are not the same foregrip the one on the pack the proper pack is the ribs are smaller and the one on the gunner seat is Mm -hmm. chunkier and the the ribs are thicker and there was all this like speculation like what are they supposed to be the same thrower is it a is it a continuity thing like so to to know that it you know it is a different thrower, and it was meant always meant to be a different thrower in the very beginning. And one of the things that always bothered me about the gunner seat thrower is that she never extends the tip. Mm-hmm. And, like, because they made such a big deal of that, you know, safety's off yeah. just a few scenes before, where, like, if they hadn't made such a big deal of that in that prior scene and then made a big deal about it again when the original Ghostbusters had shown up, I I could have given it more of a pass, but Mm -hmm. it was one of those things where, um, you know, Jason Reitman had established that as a rule in his movie, and then suddenly wasn't following that rule. But then when you find out, oh, it's actually a different thrower, supposed to be a snub nose thrower. Yeah. Which I'm like, ah, you know, then it, that information is never conveyed in the movie at any point. I don't know if, if there's a, a deleted scene or there was something in the script, where somebody, you know, specifically I think there's a mentions. deleted movie. There I mean, yeah. <laughs> At this point, there, I think there I think that's probably pretty true. There's probably a an 8-hour cut of this movie floating around out there. Probably. I mean, uh, you know, he talked all about the popcorn scene, mm-hmm. which I I get sad that that wasn't included cuz that was like I guess his original vision that brought Ghostbusters Afterlife in into the world. Yeah was was you know a little 12 12 year old girl firing into a cornfield and making popcorn with a proton pack um but i i think yeah the white thrower would have really set that particular thrower apart even more and uh taken that question away mm-hmm. and you know me we talked about this last episode i'm a sucker for color variations yeah and you know i would be curious to know why the change like why did why did they film with a white one and decide you know what we got to go with a black one um but yeah as far as the color change man those those like dry rubs and everything and the labels they stand out so well on that white and then you add all the the weathering and the the dirt and the grime on top of it and it's just beautiful 
it, it reminds me quite a bit of uh, Patrick Lockhelt's Nega Pack. Yeah. That he built, where uh, when you take a photo of it, you have to reverse the color for his costume to become in the correct colors. Which is awesome. It is. It's so the, cool. The snowtrooper of proton packs. Yeah. Well, and, you um, know, I don't know, the... The uh, the fact that it's painted white, you know, I'm assuming it's supposed to be kind of, you know, a nod that it it's supposed to be paired with the Ecto One, um, right? And this is something we didn't really touch on in our last episode where we talk about custom gear, but uh, you know, a lot like uh, caution stripe <laughs> that people <laughs> people love to throw on custom gear. The other thing that people love to do, whether it fits or not, is they love to put red fins on their custom ectos yes and so and i get it but what works more for me is if you add that red color somewhere into like a a natural panel line or body line in the in in the the actual vehicle you're using Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of trying to force that fin shape just having the red color there is enough and so i agree those decals and those dry rubs on the white body of the of the white thrower I mean, it, it adds that Ecto-1 feel to it. Definitely one of the things that uh, Answer the Call did right. Yeah. Um, I I actually really liked the red stripe that goes down the side. I didn't like the cosmetic strip that goes right through the logo. I wish they had oh my taken God. that off. I don't understand and... that decision either. Like, why would I... you do that? I don't know if you're going to paint the whole car, like take the time to take the cosmetic strip off. So your logo pops, it it ended up being really busy, but I like that, that their red and white on their Ecto Mm -hmm. was that, that red pinstripe, which harkens back to an original Ecto one design concept Mm -hmm. uh, that a lot of people may or may not be aware of. And then of course, just keeping that red leather top. Yeah. Um, the the Ecto one is one of the things that I think they did well in Afterlife. I also think it's still pretty fan filmish, though. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I it's I think it's because I've gotten so in love with the original design of the Ecto one that now anytime you put anything on top of a different car and slap no ghost logos on it, it just looks like a fan build. Yeah, but and that's what the the answer the call car kind of looked like. Oh, it was a fan uh, build. okay. You said answer the call earlier. Did I? You or earlier you said afterlife, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, okay, my bad. but it's my bad. It's the same car. <laughs> no, no, the afterlife ecto is gorgeous. Yes, uh, the answer the call ecto I think is is equally gorgeous. I think it was very successful on film, but I still think it comes off as a, a bit of a fan build looking thing. Yeah, but. You know, I really appreciated the the changes in like the roof rack setup. Like, rather than having a rack, it's just a I don't know what you call it. It's just a it's it's like a fence panel that's been laid on its side, you know, and yeah. then just a bunch of stuff mounted to it, and like you know, hose reel and and like a really big silver tank and and those lanterns and things like that. Like, there's it's interesting while being its own thing and not trying to it- copy the original. It always reminded me of the Extreme Ghostbusters Ecto One. Well, I think that's awesome. I love the. Extreme I do like the Extreme Ecto-1. Ghostbusters Ecto One with that big silver tank that's like just off center. Yeah, 
Yeah. Super cool. Needs a roll bar. Um, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. As far as like prop news, that's really kind of the, the big stuff. Um, Ghostbusters news seems to be slowing down, mm-hmm. but only in time for it to speed up. And uh, I know we focus on prop stuff a lot more, but Ghostbusters 4, the fifth movie, the fourth in the series, scheduled to come out next not not this December, next December, 2023. December 20th, 2023. That's, they're farther along in the process than they told us. I think they were further along a long time ago. I think yeah. I think they probably had started story ideas and scripting and or at least writing treatments or something before Afterlife even came out. Yeah. Um you know the the whole delay with the pandemic I think really gave them time to not only kind of refine Afterlife but also start get a head start on planning a sequel if it was successful. Yeah. I and the timing is right too. Mm-hmm. I mean when you look at the production times between a tentpole sequel, it seems so sooner because Afterlife just came out, but Afterlife was done. Yeah, like a whole year before it came out. <laughs> yeah, whole year, year and a half before it came out. Yeah, so, something like that. Um, I'm excited for new gear. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's anything like the RTV, I'm just gonna be beside myself. So it'll be great. I'm excited to see what comes of it. I'm excited to see if they're filming in New York. Yeah. I'm hoping that they are. It looks like th- that they're warming up for a, a fall shoot in New York, which is the best time to shoot in New York. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, you know, they're going to shoot exteriors of that firehouse. Yes. And, uh, gosh, I, I'm, uh, I might have to keep my ears open and be like, can I make it up there? It's like a six hour drive. Like, can I power drive up there just so I can be there to see them filming outside of the firehouse? Well, when you go, call me and let me know and I'll see if I can get a flight and you can pick me up at the airport. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, the whole I, I don't, pro- it's not fair that you get to keep going without me. I know you got to not live in Oklahoma. Yeah, but this is officially a Ghostbuster state now, so. Yeah. Virginia's well, not. No, it's not. You're right. But I can still get to New York today. Well, can you? I can get to the middle of nowhere, just like Afterlife. So how fun <laughs> is that? It's cool. You got the it's the, the grain lift over there? All the filming locations out there in Oklahoma? Yeah, they're totally, totally just right down the road, man. Yeah. They, did, they, they, they didn't even do any pickup shit. Did they even scout in Oklahoma? I doubt it. They probably, probably just threw a, a dart at middle America and were like, all right, this is where Egon's crappy farmhouse is. <laughs> I, I asked Jason at the, the YHS uh, pre-premiere party, like, why'd you pick Oklahoma? Yeah. And he's like, I don't really have a good answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... They did. They threw a dart at middle America. They're like, what crappy flyover state is this going to take place in? <laughs> well, you know, and I told him, my friend was like, and I understand if you can't say anything, if it's any kind of spoilers or whatever, but like, you know, why? And I don't know if he was just like, I'm not going to say anything because, or if, yeah, I mean, it, they probably just threw a dart, dude. Yep. 
which is cool. We'll I'm fine with it. Down to Wyoming and Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, we won, bitches. Yeah, woo! <laughs> they needed it. They needed a flyover state that also didn't have a weird accent, so that took Minnesota out of the count. Yeah, that's something I did appreciate about Afterlife is all of the residents of Somerville didn't have really thick country or hick accents. It was really nice. I appreciated that. Yeah. And uh, I like that they were very accurate to what it's like to live in a small town in which Mm -hmm. there better be a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's always at least one. Some hole in the wall place. Yeah. Um, So I have a unique choice for uh, You've Earned It Today. You ready to get this train going? Yes, sir. All right. This reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole through your head. You remember that? That would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. Egan, I'm going to take back some of the things I said about you. You've you've earned it. All right. So, Austin, I'm going to share this to you. I'm I'm copying a link right now. Okay. And I'm I'm texting this to you because I want you to see this thing. This is neither an accurate prop. Or a new build, but this uh, this comes from a Mr. Ryan Nelson. He posted it on June 28th, um, and it caught my eye back then. And I, I'm not sure if he's giving it away or selling it or, or what happened to it, but it was posted in the Ghostbusters How to Build a Proton Pack forum on Facebook. And it was part of his first Proton Pack, and it's a thrower that he has since replaced and for some reason, I'm in love with the thrower. The thing is imbued with Universal Studios' um, Ghostbuster spectacular energy. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, like it's it's not accurate by any means. And but but kit, like the spirit is there, you know. The spirit is totally there, and everything about it, I just like. It's just cool. I don't and, I don't know if this is an older kit or something that he scratch built. He doesn't give a lot of information on it, but it looks like something from Universal Studios and I think that's why I love it so much. I can tell you right now it's at least got uh oh I cannot remember his name, but there was a a guy that used to sell decal kits for the Proton Pack uh mm-hmm. through uh Keith Marshall's website. And it had fairly accurate for the time decals on it, but it also had a bunch of made up shit. And this, uh, this black decal on the side, the type Mm -hmm. seven, that was totally one of the decals that was on that sheet. So it's going back to at least 2002, 2001, if not before. And I just, I love Ghostbusters props from that era. Yeah. I mean, even his clippered valve, which is not a clippered valve, it has like a, a blue caution label on it and looks like it's almost molded into the wand body and it's got oversized vent grill, which like if anybody had ever seen the Universal Studios Spectacular, would have communicated great. Yeah. If they had a light in there to, to see that vent because it's essentially, you know, it's a stage show. Yeah. Um, it's just cool. So that, I just loved it. I thought he did a great job. I I hope it's gone to a good home. Ryan, if it hasn't, 
if this is something that that you haven't been able to reach a deal on, let me know. Um, or keep it, because honestly, dude, you should really keep it. Uh, I know you've uh, from your post that he posted there, you replaced it with a Maddie collector wand, and I actually think his older wand is better. Yeah, <laughs> at least it's got the right color green hose on it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is, if it's electrical wire or whatever, like that color is like spot on. It is. I th- I think it is electrical wire. Um. Yeah. I mean, this is just. I love these little time capsules of like a particular point in in fan and, building. Yeah. So and I, cool. I really I think it's a kit from that era as well. The the side access, uh, thrower body. That is, was totally a staple of the time. It was, and it's reminding me hardcore. I just, I just don't know who the builder was. So, Ryan, I would also, of course, if you're listening, uh, be interested to hear more about it. Just, it's such a cool little build. It's such a cool throwback. Uh, no, it's not accurate, but I don't really care because I love it. And That's hey, awesome. man, you've earned it. Definitely. What about you, Austin? Anything catch your eye this week, or? Not really. I, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't been paying attention. I've been so busy trying to get belts finished and out to people and work on another yeah. project. So it's just, uh, I haven't been on Facebook a whole lot lately. That's fair. Well, let's, uh, let's dive right into it then. Let's, let's talk about those belts and, uh, talk about what people can look forward to. Okay. What is that thing you're doing? It's technical. It's one of our little toys. The proton peg is not a toy. I guess it's right. The proton pack is totally a toy. Oh yeah, totally. And they're they're all the same. Everybody's just wearing the same caliber toy. Yeah. All made by Hasbro. <laughs> Haslab baby. Haslab. Back the pack. <laughs> I back the pack. Did you back the pack, Austin? No, because I'm. Because you built like four of them yeah. already better. And I'm just sort of like, uh, I'm never gonna do anything with it. It's just going to yeah. sit there, and I might pull it out every once in a while. And, and, and. <laughs> pull it out. Uh, whoa. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> and the other problem is I want to eventually build a workbench pack that has the removable cyclotron with all the guts and all that good stuff. And if I have yeah. that, I'm less inclined to build a proper replica because it'll just make me lazy about it. So if I don't have one, the motivation is always there to make another one. Because I did make, See, I, I made one that was kind of a half-assed, like quick attempt for our our fan table at the premiere opening weekend for Afterlife. Right. Um, but like, I rushed it together in like a week, so I want to make See, a proper. I, uh, one. I I got some some uh, some kit stuff from Mister Taco Belly, mm-hmm. who does amazing three D prints, and I'm going to do the internals of of a proton pack, but I want it to be that century pack instead of the yeah. workbench pack. It's um, true. Just cause I, I want to do something different and I want it to look like something that can, that can sit out mm-hmm. with this cover removed and make sense. I mean, I feel like if you're walking around with the cover removed on a, on your Phoebe pack, you just, you, you leaking radiation there cadet. Yeah. I mean, but my ideal setup would be, build the entire underground lab underground yes just so that i have a place to display it 
properly. Without an exit stairwell. There is an exit stairwell. I know. I know there is. I, I saw it. Yeah. You, like, you can see it in the movie. Yeah. And you can see it in background photos, but but without an exit stairwell in real life. So I'm just going to suffocate down there and die because I didn't put any just ventilation. Just crawling up that pole. <laughs> Somebody help me. I'm in a hole. <laughs> All right. <laughs> see Austin. Yes. What's on your workbench? Um, still Ghostbusters two belts. I got the first round out, and now I'm working on the second round. How's that going? Uh, it's hot. Because <laughs> oh. it's like oh. 100, over 100 degrees the last like four days in a row in Oklahoma. We set some kind of new record for most consecutive days over 100 degrees. And oh, that what a wonderful record! Yeah, and that could, uh, that could indicate nothing horrible. <laughs> yeah, and my shop doesn't have AC, so it's just like fans blowing everywhere trying to circulate hot air so it's well, gosh, it's not does fun your house, but does your house have ac i mean did yes. oklahoma even know what a hot day was aside from like five days a year yeah okay um the house doesn't have central heat and air it, right. it's all window units <laughs> but i mean it's better than nothing yeah plenty of people have window units yeah um, um but yeah that's what i've been working on um it's it's going it's not going as fast as I would like because uh, to be quite honest sometimes I'm just like I am done I have to go sit in yeah. front of the air conditioner for four hours completely naked and just not do anything. Um, I have uh all of my materials together to try this Ben Eady method of three D print striation filler. Oh, with the and uh... I yeah the the Bondo putty with acetone mix. Yeah. I was trying to think of the word. Yeah. Diluted. Diluted with acetone. Yeah. Diluted with acetone. I'm actually really excited about it. And it's one of the things that I want to do for um, my, my little kind of side by chat casts. I just keep getting family in the way. And then like, I'll have a day like today and then it just rains all day you need to either need to send everybody on a little vacation without you or you need to you need to you need to disappear for a week so i have a week (laughs) at the end of the month that i'm taking off okay entirely and we're going to record 100 episodes in advance right yeah so we can get through the end of the year yes yeah they're they're going to release like some kind of big reveal and we're not going to talk about it on an episode for a whole like year. That's fine. And I was like, ah, that's, that's par for the course for them. Yeah. That's our, that's we're our, like that's Ghost- our shtick. That's our gimmick. We're, we're like Ghostbusters news. If you got it still on internet Explorer <laughs> <laughs> through AOL. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I have all these great projects. I'm excited to start on them, but, Man, you know, I hear so many people talk about, oh, well, I don't have uh, I don't have a workshop or I don't have the space to work on it and stuff like that. No, man, the problem is, is when you got a wife and two kids and a full time job, it's it's not the space that's the issue. The issue is the time. Mm-hmm. Um, These end up this this ends up being <laughs> that time in which I get to tell everybody to kind of leave me alone for two hours while I record a podcast, but 
it's all there and I'm excited about it because I have all these great uh, projects that involve a lot of 3D printing parts. I have um, I have the Shapeforge Real Ghostbusters Proton Pack and Trap. I have a, a Ben of Kent Ghost Trap and then I have these Taco Belly parts for a a Sentry Proton Pack. Um, all 3D printed and I really want to get to work on them. It sounds the first like thing I need to do is fill this shit in. Well, what you need to do is you need to get you uh, an air compressor and a paint gun, and you need to mix up the filler putty with the acetone into the paint gun, and you just need to spray them all down at one time. Yeah. Totally, totally feasible. Totally a viable option for you. Just do totally it. won't clog a spray gun. No, nah, just do it in the kitchen, dude. It'll be fine. Lay down some right in uh, the kitchen. some tarps. I'll uh, I'll lay some tarps. I'll put on my my respirator, and I'll just tell everybody else that I just hold your breath, okay. pull your shirt Don't up over your mouth. It. It's good. It'll be fine. Here's a wet rag. <laughs> <laughs> Today, kids, we're playing chemical weapons. <laughs> Did you know? No. Just kidding. Well, oh gosh, I felt there was a really dark joke, and you just second guessed yourself on that. <clears throat> so yeah, that sounds like you're a fun time. <laughs> um, I did get an update from Heimdall's Armory. Oh um, yeah, on those full aluminum ghost traps. Um, I'm excited. His welder broke. Nice. Yeah, but he's got a new pedal coming in from Sweden, so it should get to him pretty fast. But he's he's got his metal stock in, and welding has begun on his uh, throwers and on his ghost trap kits. So I am holding out hope. I had hoped that I was going to be able to get it for July. I really did. Um, but, you know, it's he's building a lot of these things. You know, there's a pretty decent list for the traps and I'm sure there's a decent list somewhere for throwers. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping maybe in September, um, I'll, I'll get to sit down with his kit and put together a full aluminum ghost trap with something like 80 some odd screws. I hope he gives you extras. Oh, I hope so. So I can just get completely lost in it. If not, yeah, it's one of those has like, a hundred screws to it, dude. They're ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's the most frustrating part that I dealt with working on that stunt trap was, you know, dry fitting all the plates and and the um, vector plate and all that stuff on the sides. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, drill one hole. Okay, now attach it. Line everything back up. Mark your hole. Drill it. And like having to to screw and unscrew so many time like it was just ridiculous and i can't imagine having to do it on like a hero trap with a hundred something screws and and then he's you know everything that he's ordered i think uh, a lot of it is coming from send cut send but he's still tapping things and adjusting things so imagine Mm -hmm. having to do that but on just 10 ghost traps in a row that are that aren't even yours (laughs) yeah I mean, I mean, it I sucks get... doing it on one for yourself. Yeah, but do it on 10 aluminum traps that aren't even for you. They're going to other people. It's like, oh, well, he's getting paid. I'm like, it's still monotonous bullshit. Mm-hmm. I would get bored of it. They didn't like, even I make 10 for the movie. No, 
No, they, they went out and bought spirit traps. They're like, fuck that farm field. <laughs> <laughs> we have the option to buy traps that are already in the right proportion. Yeah. That have opening doors. Sign me up. I can see them. We're going to bury them. All right, cool. Yeah. I don't blame them at all. Mm-mm. That's uh, I am waiting for that. That replica though. Like somebody to bury 200 spirit traps in a field. Well, no, just bury one. Oh, well, yeah, somebody will do it. It'll probably yeah. be me. Probably. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, the, the, the people that build like the really ornate, like miniature dioramas and stuff. And it, mm-hmm. it has like, uh, the, the sides and stuff filled up. I, I think that would be cool. Like just a little acrylic case that halfway is filled up with, with foam and a buried spirit trap top layer being real dirt. You could do it and it would be filled with authentic Oklahomian farm dirt. Ooh. You just gave me a new business idea. Selling Oklahomian farm dirt? Yeah, straight from Somerville. Straight from the real town of not Somerville. From the real state from of the fake town from the fake Oklahoma of the real yes. the real fake Oklahoma from Ghostbusters what? I've already... contact get get a hold <laughs> of get hold of the Alberta Ghostbusters. Have them send you dirt. Oh, and then I'll the mix dirt out. I'll mix real Oklahoma dirt with the yeah. Alberta dirt. It is a custom Black Firehouse podcast of filming location in real Oklahoma dirt for you to make your buried ghost trap. <laughs> okay, no, here's an even better idea. We just sell the dirt and we mix them together and we call it the Black Firehouse blend. And we package them and ship them out like it's coffee. And how many people end up trying to drink this not accurate screen accurate dirt? Hey, Ray drank dirt in that one episode of the Real Ghostbusters, uh, Drool the Dog Face Goblin. So it's technically still Ghostbusters related. It was mud. Well, you yeah, you add the water to the dirt, it becomes mud, Dan. Yeah. Well, I know. But Who drinks it, their coffee not... without adding water? I mean, people that really need to wake up. That's true. <laughs> Wake up, you sheeple. Look, I, I don't drink coffee, so I don't know anything about it. Uh, what a good episode. I know. We're on a uh you were you were excited about this one and it's 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 a winner, man. It is. We're I, you can tell our energy as well. We're both feeling so much fucking better, <laughs> and I think that's contributing to it. Yes. Like uh even last episode I was just a, a a little more on the wheezy tired side still. Mm -hmm. And, and today, like I'm, I'm feeling so much better and you sound so much better. Thank you. Neither one of us have wheezed. (laughs) 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 Um, so I'm giving myself a fun challenge. Speaking of workbench stuff, I told you that I have the last week of July off and I'm hoping to get to live cast some of this. I am going to try and build a foam proton pack in one week. Oh yeah. I'm oh, please do. I have that whole week off. It is before a local convention called Scares That Care that uh mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Virginia will be at. We're a five oh first nonprofit, federally recognized charity group. Yeah. Plug. Woo. Um 
but I'm I'm gonna try and build one of those foam proton packs. I'm gonna I I have the 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 stencil. I'm gonna get that printed out at Office Max, put it together, and um. I won't have the kids the that weekend before, so it will start Saturday morning. I'm gonna start cutting. I have two big rolls of black foam. Nice. And I'm gonna see if I can build a four or five pound proton pack in a week. My favorite part about this is how you just talked about how you have so much stuff that needs to be worked on and you're like, I'm not gonna do any else. of it. I'm just gonna I'm not work gonna do on any this. Of it. Fuck it, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> this caught my eye. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge myself. I wouldn't know what to do if I if I finished a project and just moved on to the next one without like also starting four other projects in the middle of the one I'm currently working on. You can't. It's impossible. These these guys, these go getters, these motherfuckers on the workbench Ugh. that are able to like get something done pieces of before shit. buying another project. I don't mean that. I'm, I apologize. These Matt Burkitts, right? <laughs> With their focus, uh, and non-ADHD. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, <laughs> ooh a ghost trap. Ooh, a PK meter. Uh, ooh, <laughs> conductivity meter. Ooh. <laughs> a monitor four, you say? Wow. <laughs> oh, Look where you elbows. Love you guys, though. <laughs> See, that's what happens. Yep, the next thing you know, you're you're spending the next three days until three in the morning trying to find vintage Legrees on eBay. Do you ever like get a little bit of extra spending money and you're like, oh, I'm gonna use this to buy this thing I need? And then you end up spending it on parts for something else, like a whole new project. Yes. And then your current project is now set back because you bought parts for another project that you're not even gonna start on. For months. 100%. It's the best. 100%. It is. Yeah. Um, or pre-ordering something because it's shiny yeah. and not even out like Ghostbuster fans' goggle lenses. Well, and the problem with so many Ghostbuster parts, like especially the vintage parts, it's like, well, if you don't get it now, it's not going to be there later. Well, vintage parts and the limited run parts. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I explain this. Um, bless my, my wife in my family's hearts there they're always like well are there any ghostbuster parts that you want because they legitimately would love to contribute to my hobby which i just love i love that feeling of support and and nourishment from my family and i always feel bad because i'm just like well no because you you have to be there Mm -hmm. it's like this never-ending joke our hobby is this never-ending joke where you had to be there (laughs) (laughs) um but like you do. You have to, like, you're just, you're cruising something, be it GBHQ Parts Depot or something, and they'll get something in, or a, a limited run will come out, and you're like, I have to jump on this right now, or it'll disappear. Yep. And I think we all have those limited runs that we missed out on, mm-hmm. like uh, the Bellows yes. back in, you know, I think 2011, mm-hmm. 2012. You and I missed out on those, and I will forever hate myself for missing out on buying authentic Ghostbusters Bellows for Proton Packs. Yeah. that's. Uh, I didn't even know that happened because that was at a point when I think I was taking a break from the community anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I come back yep. all these years later and I was like, wait, what? And they were how much? Oh, yeah. Shit. 
<laughs> like, right. You know, why did I ever, why did I leave? I missed out on this because I, mean, I, I just was, had to uh, take a stupid break. There was a moment in which, um, a user had a number of, now not all of them were screen accurate, but vintage milky white hat lights. Mm-hmm. And he was selling them, and I was just like, "Dude, I'll take as many as you will sell to me." Mm-hmm. And it, there was there was no hesitation. He was selling them for like twenty dollars a piece. That's so cheap. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, a, a good portion of them were brass insert rather than nickel. I don't even. I wouldn't even care. Like by the time you get it installed, you can't really tell anyway. No, you you can very yeah you you really can't. If tell. you really really wanted to get fancy, you could plate the exposed part. Yeah, the parts that nobody ever sees. Yeah, so. Well, let's let's go on to our to our deep dive today. Yeah, we're, Austin, we're almost an we hour in, about? and we haven't even talked about the main subject. <laughs> hey, sorry guys. We can we can hang out extra. It's okay. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Ecto goggles. Right? Yes. Ecto goggles. Yes. Listen. You smell something? There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Why? And guys, you are, of course, listening to the Black Firehouse podcast. You can catch us almost every Tuesday (laughs) on Spotify, our RSS feed, Apple Podcasts. If you want to join the conversation, check us out on Spangler's 1984 Workbench on Facebook. Give us a like on Facebook, the Black Firehouse Podcast. Give us back some positive reviews again on Spotify or on our RSS feed. And uh, and we have a massive backlog that we need to get uploaded, of course, to our YouTube channel. You can also check us out on our social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter, that Mr. Ray Cameron here handles today. We are talking about ecto goggles, which do absolutely nothing. At least until afterlife. Now they take pictures. Until afterlife. Now they take photos. But we're not there yet. We're not at afterlife. Let's talk about. Let's start with Ghostbusters one goggles. They're broken. Austin, what are they? They're broken. They're broken. That's what they are for most of the movie. <laughs> for most of the movie, they are broken. All right, so. We'll we'll start with the technical specs. They are ANPVS five, right. and here's here's the confusing thing because it's military surplus. Mm-hmm. The ANPVS five A's are almost identical, except for the placement of the activation IR knob, in which the ANPVS five A's have that knob set back about half an inch, whereas the ANPVS 5s have it set almost on the absolute edge of the frame. Yes. Um and and they are different. They're they're different different lenses. Um and then you get into later models, uh the the PVS 5 uh Bs and Cs. And then, of course, the ANPVS 5A Israeli models, mm-hmm. which I understand you you have a set of those. Yeah, they're they're black, and they have uh, like Israeli um, characters, like actually mm-hmm. engraved into uh, into the bottom, like where where the knobs are for the settings, like the mm-hmm. on and off and that kind of stuff. 
Um, but I mean, other than that, they're virtually identical to the American yep. ones. Um, and I, the set I have, I'm planning to convert to GB2 goggles because those get painted over anyway. So, mm-hmm. and actually, interestingly enough, the the goggle frame itself went through almost no change until the the C model. The Charlie models added these big, stupid battery compartments mm-hmm. to the actual mold of the frame. So it looks like there's these two giant like shotgun barrels on the edges mm-hmm. of the, the top of the frame. Uh, the Bravos, believe it or not, they have a, an external battery tube as well that runs the, the horizontal length of the frame. That can be removed. Oh really? Yes. I was not aware of so that. So if you're and the the material that they are made out of, the the frame itself seems to be a lot hardier than what the uh the fives and the alphas were made out of. So the mm-hmm. the first run of goggles that the military ordered. You you had mentioned that you believed at some point they were made out of Kydex. Yeah, I mean, I had a set a while back that I ended up selling to Julian. Um, and they, they've, they looked vacuum formed or, or thermo formed or something mm-hmm. over like whatever the other was. I'm, I'm assuming some kind of injection molding process. Um, sure. And they have that little, just a slight orange peel texture to them, um, which is more noticeable on the inside, I believe than the outside. And so, you know, I'm sure they probably had all kinds of different materials that they they molded them out of over oh, the sure. years. Um, you know, as problems get reported, you know, that they're fragile, they break when you drop them or whatever. Boy, were they fragile. Yeah. You look at them the wrong way and they crack. They do. The 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 first two, the the most accurate of the frames, you know, either the accurate frames or the alphas, which is what most people get a hold of mm-hmm. when they're building frames from, you know, goggles from original parts break so easily. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I would to the go ahead. Yeah. To, to the point where I'm actually, I am more excited about putting together goggles using all the replica parts that ghostbusterfans.com is coming out with. Yeah. I mean, at, th- at this point, the stuff's only going to get older. It's only going to get more brittle, and I wouldn't risk ever taking them out, you know, for wear or anything. They would just be shelf display pieces if I were going to build. Yeah. Um, I feel more comfortable with the Israeli frames. They still seem to be really hardy and and structurally sound. So mm-hmm. uh, whenever I do do my GB2 goggles out of them, I, I'll probably take them out every once in a while. But uh, the stuff that yeah. AJ's putting out. I'm just ecstatic over, you know, the frames, especially he brought them to the premiere in New York and I kind of got to look at them, one of the black prototype sets and they're just, Mm -hmm. they're phenomenal. And he was, uh, he, he left the on off switch undrilled. Yes. The, the rest of the frame has all the, the proper snaps and holes already pre-drilled into it, which I love. Um, but they're going to come in the, correct color mm-hmm. or at least the the most correct color that he can get manufactured today so you know well word to the wise out there if yeah i was gonna say the nice thing about olive drab is it's a lot like khaki 
depending no, on your lighting, it, it can it, be all kinds of different on shades. Your lighting, Except that the military did have a designated olive drab. Yes, but depending on who the manufacturer was, the particular right. factory and their their dye mixtures and this and that, you know, you had all it's sorts supposed of to be variations. It's supposed to be OD one oh seven. Yeah. But, but we all know that yes. they're never hardly ever alike when they're from separate batches. No. And unless um, anybody can knows where the original G B one goggles are, if they even still exist nobody knows exactly what the shade is so you're good i don't think they do i know who really doesn't know what shade they are which is mattel but (laughs) (laughs) and as a result a lot of other people think that they're also the same color oh my god that seafoam green color i see so many people paint their like nice replicas that color Mm -hmm. i'm just like why (laughs) yeah you know, again, so, do what you want to do, but man, just like watch the movie. Yeah, I I actually prefer back at the time when we thought the Ghostbusters one goggles were black. Oh man, compared to the seafoam gray, yeah, green that people <laughs> gray uh, that they paint it now. But so the original goggles, A and PVS five frames, mm-hmm. and we know one of the lenses is a uh, microscope. 35 millimeter camera adapter lens from a company called Mirax. Yeah. Uh, for specifically their Miranda, or am I getting that backwards? No. Nope. Is the company Miranda I, and the, no. the camera is the Mirax? I don't remember, to be honest with you. I think it's, it's the company is Mirax and it's the Miranda camera. But it's a, a microscope lens adapter so that essentially you would attach this 35 millimeter camera to your microscope and take photos mm-hmm. to, to whatever you're seeing. So, of course, it's a rare ass piece of laboratory equipment that you can't find anywhere. And, of course, then on top of that, there's like five or six different variations of this same adapter lens. Mm-hmm. Um, the other lens, of course remains from what i know to be unidentified i could be completely wrong i'm sure it's another piece of laboratory adapter equipment of some kind but i don't know if we've ever identified it again our good friend jack dowd uh over at bloodyplastic.com he he's found some pretty good close enoughs yeah um but i mean and and it could be another Miranda or Mirax or whatever, you know, from the same line or whatever. I, you know, do we know when those were manufactured? Like, were they something that was available at the time or would they have been surplus? I think they're older. Okay. I think it's even older. Um, you, you have a higher likelihood of finding the camera itself than you do the lenses. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've, I've done searches periodically over, over, over time on eBay and you see cameras pop up all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a higher chance of going and scooping up uh, a Globoscope. Mm-hmm. There's like four of those on eBay right now. Yeah. I mean, none of them are the right model, yeah. but they're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it uses uh, not not the actual adjuster knobs from from the night vision goggles on the side, which I always thought was interesting. So on the, the, the PVS-5s, there are adjuster knobs on the side of the goggles. Mm-hmm. And they are, they're rigid. You know, it's, it's for 
pulling in your focus and um they they put knobs on the side of the ecto goggles but it's not the original military spec ones so they used something else there as well and then the strap harness is completely unique for ghostbusters it's also not military grade the the military grade has uh this elastic band like Y band on the back that gets caught up in your hair and and pinches mm-hmm. you and everything um which is probably why they did not use that for for Dan Aykroyd's comfort um and then it looks like there's no padding yeah you know I want to talk about the head strap real quick I know a lot of people okay. have decided it's leather oh I that's a thought. I don't think it's leather. No, leather doesn't twist like that in the back buckle. Yeah, um, even really thin leather, and just the sheen of it in the movie, and just the just the yeah, just the way. It, I just don't think it's leather. I don't know. No, I'm not buying leather. I'm assuming it's probably all either elastic or um, just some kind of strapping, like uh, cotton or nylon strapping. I don't. It may. I don't think it's nylon either. I think it's probably if it's some kind of strapping it's probably like a, a more like a natural fiber like cotton or something because it just doesn't have that kind of sheen to it not even not even sold on that i'm still with the elastic band yeah um, um and it's very clearly cobbled together with just like whatever was laying around yeah uh stuart thompson has some great shots on the ghostbusters reference library of the actual back clasp Mm-hmm. and the strapping going through that back clasp and it is not they're they're using the clasp in such a way that it's not meant to be used yeah it almost looks like it's a like a last minute fix or something like it broke which it very likely did so that's the other thing the ghostbusters one goggles went through some major changes between new york shooting and la shooting like many of the props did i mean mm-hmm. um we we talk about the ghost traps as being a, a really really big example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the yellow rod trap in New York being the the equivalent to the superhero pack, in which is the grandpappy of everything. Um, but we also we don't know if another set of goggles were built, but it seems like they they weren't. They were just retrofitted, and they you had mentioned this earlier broke mm-hmm. in a major way. <laughs> Very major. Um, in fact, there's this really great black and white photo on the reference gallery that, I mean, it's got a really significant crack across the one corner into the front of it. And so even back then they were fragile as shit. Yeah. And then one of the corners underneath on the, I think it's the right side if you're wearing them, is like the corners popped just clean off like a clean break. Hmm. But like in the LA shots, they've got the little uh, rubber or plastic, like battery cover retention strap uh, right. that's missing. Or excuse me, in the New York stuff that's missing in the LA shoot stuff. Um, which is, you know, I like that detail. I think it it looks cool. Um, I think I so oh, let's go ahead. Let's start with the New York shooting. Mm-hmm. The New York shooting. What features do the goggles do definitely have that we know? They're not broken. 
So it has the IR knob. It has the IR knob. It's got the uh, the battery cover strap. Yep, which is for listeners, it's not a big strap. It is just a little little piece of elastic rubber mm-hmm. so that your battery cover cap doesn't get lost from the rest of the the battery housing. Um, and AJ also makes a fantastic replica of that. I mean, he's been on fire with his goggles shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you can literally buy everything you need other than, I think, a, a head strap at this point. Well, he may even have, like, military ones you could buy on there. Uh, I don't think he has military ones, but I would be surprised if he didn't have plans for head straps. Yeah. But you can get side knobs. You can get the battery. Co- oh, you cannot get the, the IR knob yet. Not yet. Give him time. Give him a moment. Give him a moment. Give him a day or two. Yeah. Um, The thing I am curious about, I, I can't really tell in the pictures in the reference library, mm-hmm. is if it's got the... Uh, a lot of people think they're the, the dry transfers that are on the wand under the toggles yes. on the sides next to the, the adjustment knobs, which I th- yes. think we've pretty much proven at this point. They're not those, but we don't know what they are exactly. Whatever those symbols or text is. I, I think, I think they still are, but aren't. And, and bear with me because that makes no sense. So uh, Mikhail Lynn, who we've had on the show before, we love Mikhail, uh, pointed this out to me that those symbols are from military maps. Yes. I think one of the, I th- well, I think both are still from military maps. I just don't think it's the symbols that we thought they were. I think one is a, like a little triangle. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's another little square, but it has text in it rather than an actual symbol. Yeah. And I have scoured over replicas of these map markers trying to find something that has text in it to see what they would warrant as being important enough that needed to be spelled out that small. Well, I mean, and there's also the, you know, it's the possibility that it's not text, but it, whatever was in there, a symbol or whatever is just scratched all the hell or didn't transfer properly. And it kind of just resembles text in the very, very limited blurry reference we have what about the danger label on one of the lenses oh um is is that in both new york and la or is that just in la i'm not seeing it in the new york photos but that doesn't mean it's not there the angles that we have and at least in the reference library you you can't see the top one anyway um, it doesn't look like the bottom one's there, actually. So if the bottom one's not there, the top one's not there, I would assume. Unless the lenses, yeah. the bodies have been rotated somehow. But I personally... Which is also possible. <laughs> yeah. I personally, if I were going to build a set, when I build a set, it's probably going to be the the New York stuff. New York shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I want yeah. them unbroken, and uh, I want that little battery cover strap. But the reality is you'll build two. Yes. <laughs> and carefully replicate the cracks. Yeah, we talked about it on the last episode in our mini ecto goggle <laughs> T 
teaser episode. Micro discussions yeah. are micro discussions of ecto goggles. I mean, it was about time we just started talking about the damn things. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I and I I blame GB fans for that because it's he's been slowly releasing these parts, which is just slowly like growing my my excitement over building a set of ecto goggles for a while now. Yeah. And now I'm just like full fledged. I gotta build a set. Um. Yeah. They're, I mean, and the thing is, is they're not really complicated props. They're pretty simple when you have the parts. Right. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure how the face plate for the, or the, the bounding plate for the lenses is mounted in the screen used ones. I know that a lot of people have come up with all sorts of different methods to mount them you know, on their replicas, but I would, that's something I would be interested to, to find out is just like what method they used. It's probably something stupid, like wood glue or uh, wood blocks glued into the corners and just, they ran those Allen head bolts straight in there. I would, that's, it could be something like that. I think it might have something to do with the adjustment knobs. Yeah. That could be, that could you be know, a like, reason why they didn't use the, the stock knobs. Maybe they had to use something different. Yeah. Um, that's at least that's how I'm hoping to build mine Mm -hmm. when, when I do build them is, is use those side knobs as kind of a, a hold in for that, that plate. Um, so aside from that though, you know, we get that great point of view shot of the inside Mm -hmm. of the goggles and Ghostbusters one, and that's all hand animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen some people Um, replicate, you know an interior plate with electronics that kind of replicates that bar graph and, and all that stuff. And with varying degrees of success. Yeah. Um, I always got the idea that it was something that was projected onto the lenses inside. So like, I love it when people include those electronics, but there's no way that you can put those goggles on and actually register led information that's that close to your face yeah well i mean and there's always the bar graph always cuts into the left uh your left frame of view like every replica i've seen they have to just like cut off half of that because there's no way to include the bar graph and all the the text and stuff if you don't Mm -hmm. um i agree with you i always thought it was some kind of like projected thing or whatever i mean obviously it's just a visual sight gag in the movie um right you know but i get upset because that's something that mattel could have done because they did have projection in their goggles yeah that's true i never thought about that you guys finally had the opportunity which you could have projected something on the inside of those lenses and it could have been one of the most screen accurate replicas to ever be released and they just were like Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they probably never even thought of it, to be honest with you. Probably. Uh, but now... But it has to be seafoam green. Yes. And the the ridge around the outside has to be at least three inches tall. Yes. And very squared off. Unless you're the Spirit Halloween ones in which there is no ridge whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Now, But the Allen, the Allen heads are there. The I think it's Disguise is the company that just put out the ecto goggles during Afterlife mm-hmm. around Halloween. They're smaller, but they're not bad for like ten bucks. 
especially for kids. No. Um, I bought no, a set um, and I modified them to, I cut the faceplate out and I put like the ridges and everything in to make them look like mm-hmm. mini, you know, night vision goggle frames. And I mean, if you wanted to put the work in, you could turn them into a really nice set of like little kids goggles, or even just if you've got a small head, you know, they'd fit really well. Even well. the, even the Maddie goggles. I mean, if, if you put the time into repainting them, mm-hmm. you can make nice replicas out of them. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, I think if you put the time in most things, you can end up with something significantly cool on your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of the, the head display, that was all hand animation. The The goggles actually don't have any lights at all in the movie. They don't glow. They don't blink. They don't do anything. Nope. And I'll be honest with you. I don't really like when people put lights. I mean... It doesn't bother me when people put lights in them, but as a when you're building like a screen accurate replica, I don't like the addition of lights in the lenses. I, yeah, I think it's fine without them. You know, um, well, that's kind of like uh, people adding lights to the belt gizmo. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of fans just inherently think if it's a Ghostbusters gizmo, it should have lights. Yeah, and, and I uh, get that, I guess, but it, yeah. just because it can doesn't mean it needs to. should yeah Yeah. i i'm not a fan of that i don't i don't like having my belt gizmo lit up all the time i've done it before Mm -hmm. i mean Um, it's nice not wearing anything else it's nice when there's the option naked with my belt gizmo yeah baby (laughs) you just twist it around so it just covers everything up just barely and oh what's that shaver cord doing (laughs) (laughs) gross yeah um yeah, I don't know. I they light up in the video game, right? There's green. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the video game everything lights up. I mean, well, everything yeah, lights true. up. The the fucking workbench in the basement in the video game is all lit up. That's true. Like, who actually opens up something and works on it while it is actively <laughs> has voltage going to it? Egon Spangler. Oh, he okay. just wants to see well, what happens. That's... That's why he was the first one to die. <laughs> oh, um, damn, dude. Jesus. Too soon. I'm walking out. It's too soon. Is, we're done. <laughs> That's why he put uh, a taser in the PKE meter. He just loves that sweet, sweet voltage. And here I am that I thought Holtzman was the the most haphazard and clumsy of them all. Turns out it's been Spangler this whole time. It's always the quiet ones. <laughs> you hound. Um... <laughs> Uh, then Ghostbusters 2 goggles which they're such pieces of shit I love them (laughs) I do too of course I do right but like I mean I love them but I love how there's there's not even remotely as much care put into them as there were the Ghostbusters 1 goggles yeah uh, they're completely overpainted green. Mm-hmm. The snaps, everything. the label, everything. Yeah, everything. The the side data label on on the goggles, you can actually tell, has been painted over. Which and just like, why not just take it off? I don't know. There must have been something significantly wrong with that pair. Yeah, or or it's not even a real set of goggles. I mean, they could be resin replicas because 
you know, we can't figure out what half the greeblies are mm-hmm. on those goggles. Uh, over the battery cover, I used to think that it was an extended battery, um, you know, housing. Mm-hmm. But it's not. They, I, I've searched and searched and searched. I cannot find anybody that ever made a extended battery housing that would go where the original PBS5 battery housing is. I can't find it. Uh, it does. It, it exists. I've seen it. People have posted okay. it on the workbench, actually. And I was the same way. I was like, I didn't realize that this was a real thing. I don't know what model they came with, if it was an aftermarket thing or what, but it's a real it's a real piece you can buy. Um, in fact, somebody had pointed me to a eBay auction that had recently ended, I believe, that had mm. them uh, or really? had one on it. Yeah. So what was do you remember the name of the auction? I don't. It, there's a post on the workbench somewhere and it's in the comments. They had posted that link, I believe. And then. uh it might have been the original post that has a picture of whoever whoever posted it. I think it was their battery cover. Um, Interesting. It's on there somewhere. On there somewhere. Thank you. Yeah. Just use that... use the search function. <laughs> yeah, that narrows it down. The goggles. Uh, let's see. Goggle symbols. Injection molded goggle frames. Here's this guy's build out of 3d print that actually came out nice letting these go this is julian with a broken set of uh pvs 5a's oh no a generous guy uh it's gonna drive me crazy and i'm gonna keep looking for it but i'm gonna have to try and wait and look after the show otherwise i'm just gonna get sucked into that trying to find what they are I'll go. I, I have not. I have not been able to find those. I've searched and searched and searched. I've done general Google searches, eBay searches. Um, yeah, I, I've. Just, uh, I'll check my post history later because I commented on it, and so it should pull up in my in my post history. Okay. Because I know. Uh, oh, there's a the hot shots one. We're both just cruising the form now. We are. It's too late. It's happened. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Greeblies. Greeblies yep. we do know. Um well we know about the the Tamaya tank part in the center. There's two of them. There's the that, little cog looking thing yeah, and there's the, the little cog and and then the other little wheel piece that goes above it. And I and I bought that kit and it had them in there, so I'm super stoked about that. Um but then there is uh also whatever tread like thing is going around one of the lenses. It is not from that tank kit. No. I mean, I know that's been a theory for a while, but it just, they don't match up at least not to me. No. Um, and then there's another, I think kind of tight rigid thing on, uh, the other lens. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me pull this thing up. I gotta, I gotta pull this up. Ghostbusters reference library. <laughs> I love this site. It's pretty great. It is. Stuart, we love you. I guess. I'm kidding. We love you. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Douchebag. Yeah. And now that he's got his own website, 
Ah, it's gorgeous. I love it. Also, looking at these pictures, the side knobs, I think, are the same kind of knobs that were on the GB1. They're just flipped around because they're those aftermarket, like, cheap plastic injection molded knobs you can buy at, like, any hardware store. See, I thought the side knobs were actually the military ones for the Ghostbusters 2 goggles. Oh, no. No, these are... Because I... Because they have the exposed... They have that exposed uh, nut on there. See, to me, that doesn't look like the nut. That looks like the... Uh, well, maybe the maybe it is. Hell, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to have to... Um, I'm going to have to consult the 4K copy of the movie. Yep. Yeah. Find out where that maroon tape is, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we have... So it has the IR knob on there, and it seems to be placed a little further back. So uh, it does seem like that these are A models rather than just PBS-5s. Yeah. It has that, you know, extended battery cover there, which, man, if you can if you can find me that extended cover, man, I'll, I'll do things to you. Ooh, okay, I'll find you. Yeah. I'll find you a whole batch of them tonight. There, and then <laughs> there's this weird little greebly on top that makes it look like he's a, a happy little steam engine. Yeah, and then there's the lenses themselves, which I think are, uh, I think they're PVC couplings. I think that's where we're going to disagree. I think they're probably yeah, aluminum, but maybe not. You think so? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just so they when when I've been trying to to source parts to build my own because I, I want to convert that Bravo set to these because the Bravos have a, a numerous amount of holes that need to be filled, yeah, and they're black. <laughs> um, so it's going to be something where if I paint over the thing, I can paint over the label and not feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. I can paint over all those snaps and not feel bad about it. Uh, but there's a lot of PVC parts that I found that had have, have those kind of flanges that look really, really similar. And looking at the super limited amount of screen captures that we have of the Ghostbusters 2 goggles, I just don't... They just don't look like they're real aluminum. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at them now. They almost look painted. Yeah. So whatever it is, yeah, the, either they're resin cast or yeah, maybe they're just PVC and just stacked together and painted. Because even if it, if you look at the what everybody's calling the tank tread greebly, mm-hmm. it's not painted. You know, they're black, but they're not black on the sides. It's, right. it's silver on the sides. So whatever that piece is on there, it's only been well, painted it's... black on top. But then you have to be careful because it's silver on the on the one shot that's really heavy with shadow. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell that they're not black on the side or they, they they're not black on the side in the top photo here at the at the reference library. So they could have been painted on or put on after that. I, I still think uh, I'm I'm thinking cut down Lego tread. Yeah. You know, Lego made that that nice, you know, rubber tread for their kits. And that kind of looks similar, but we touched on this. You told, you know, touched on this 
in prior episodes, that could be rubber tread from any damn toy. Yeah, I mean, or it could be... <laughs> at, at any part time. I built a set of TB2 goggles for Ron Daniels years ago, and I just used styrene strip and just laid it out around there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be anything like that. Um, I want to talk about the, the lenses, like the glass part themselves. Okay. So in the movie, they look like they're probably clear, maybe smoked. Mm-hmm. But they're red on the Rolling Stone cover. Oh, interesting. And we know that they altered the color of the lifeguards on the Rolling Stone cover. And yes, I've brought this up to you before. And you thought it would be an odd thing to change the color of the lenses from clear to red. But they just don't look red in the movie. So I don't know if they were if they were altered on the Rolling Stone cover for visual appeal or what. I mean, I still maintain it's an odd thing for them to change. Mm-hmm. You know, with the with the the lifeguard, they clear they changed that yellow because it would have it would have covered up some text that the lifeguard was behind yeah. on the magazine cover, and it's entirely possible that they added the red tinge to the goggle lenses for the magazine cover just to make them more interesting. Yeah. But it's still a weird thing for them to do. Yeah. I I think I put red ones in Ron's when I made his. And from what I remember, when it's being worn, they still look red. Um, So it's not like if you put them on and then you're casting shadows onto the inside that it makes them look darker. Um, They still very much read red. So, yeah, I don't know. Again, I I like putting lights in it. I prefer the clear or the smoked over red. But... Here's a here's a question for you: um, Is it possible that you're look we're looking at something that is uh, is like the proton pack lenses on the cyclotron? Because the proton pack cyclotron lenses don't look any color until they're lit. In fact, they look almost blacked out. Mm-hmm until you light them and then you have red lights and then we can go up and shine a flashlight on them and see that yeah this is this is a hunk of red acrylic what you could be very right in that those lenses are red and the only reason that they're not communicating red is that there's not enough light hitting them mm-hmm. until you get into a studio environment which of course we know is lit out the ass for a magazine photo shoot like that yeah there's so going to be overhead light, light. You know, so any light that catches behind them, suddenly the red of those lenses is going to come out. That's true. I don't know. I think they personally look better without red. If you were just going to, if you're just going to build a a pair for display or something, but you know, it's one of those things. It's always an option. If you want to put red ones in, you can. And until we have further evidence, otherwise, I guess can't really say either one isn't technically accurate i think you could get away with doing both i think if you did forward lenses in the just a smoky clear Mm -hmm. you could probably put red lenses further back so that unless they're really catching that light you're not going to get that red coming through yeah they are cool though Mm -hmm. i i like the the all silver you know look to the the gb2 lenses yeah 
Well, they have, uh, they're silver, but it's almost like the front of them are primer gray. Yeah. It, yeah. Like the, the main housing on them, it's not like the Ghostbusters one goggles where we have two very separate mm-hmm. lenses. We have two separate, you know, the, the whole thing, they're both very different. The Ghostbusters 2 one, the bases are the same piece and then they're filled in with different parts. And that's, that's, again, that's also what makes me think this is, this is kit bash PVC piping. Yeah. Uh, You know, because we have these two identical base parts and then everything else on them is where the little differences come in. Yeah. I mean, they could have, Again, if we're talking, maybe they might be resin. They could have resin cast one piece and, you know, made a mold of the second piece after they've made changes to it. I don't know. It's possible. Um, But I do think, I think with the Ghostbusters 2 goggles, we are looking at a military style head strap. Yeah, uh... I've never personally seen one with that hardware on it. I'm sure, you know, they could have added that hardware after the fact, obviously. Um, I have a set in which they're black, mm-hmm. not all of drab. Um, and the hardware is is black metal, but it will not be a chore for me to strip the metal from the snaps in yeah. the hardware itself to get the that, you know, unfinished nickel. Yeah, I mean, this these straps on these, uh, they kind of look like that thick nylon material. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the strap thickness is on yours. Most of the ones that I've seen are real thin, almost like ribbon-type material, uh, rather than um, I'll, I'll strapping. I'll have to break them. Yeah, I'll have to break them out. I feel like they're thicker. I feel like it, okay. it could even be an aftermarket thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's something that's, I think, akin closer to what was used in Ghostbusters 2, at least with a very small amount of modification. I think it's going to come out closer. And these also seem to sit further away from Dan Aykroyd's head. I don't know. There's there's a lot of evidence of something between his head and the, the goggles for the Ghostbusters 2 goggles. I don't know if it's thick enough, though, to be military uh, uh you know the actual head pad or face pad i think it the goggles are supposed to have i think it is one of the real face pads um i've yeah. i've seen some that are just like really worn out and really thin um, okay so it's probably one of those i mean i'm looking at pictures of and you can see that black material behind the, the edge of the goggles and you may even yeah. get a better shot of it on the rolling stone cover like you can really see it peeking out maybe i don't remember but I'm almost I would I would bet the farm that that's a real military face cushion. God, that painted over label. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Should we talk about afterlife goggles? Afterlife goggles. The cool I, I gotta admit, I think they're the coolest ones. Yeah, they're my favorites. Uh they I, I love the simplicity of the Ghostbusters one and two goggles. I love that they don't do anything, mm-hmm. but I I also love just how they brought a new functionality to 
to the afterlife goggles. Yeah, I like the the addition of the the flash, the pop up flash. Mm-hmm. But even even when it's just closed, just that extra little stuff taking up space over there on the top just looks cool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I liked the the Polaroid innards, you know, sticking out the side. I really like the design of the lenses, um, mm-hmm. which I believe were custom designed and 3D printed. And I don't know. I, I, I like the funky, weird teal head strap, which is clearly based on a military head strap, but it's custom made, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, they're just the most visually interesting and they have a function. The only thing is I wish they would have utilized that function a little better in the movie other than just podcast taking random photos. What a great comedic moment though. Yes. We love Logan Kim. Yes, of course we love Logan Kim. Um, but what was the camera that they used there? Because they did. They it's a it's a Polaroid camera that they actually used the insides from. Oh, I just had the post pulled up too, and I I backed out of it to go back to the reference library. Uh, How dare! I'm sorry. We're getting there. Hang on. You got this. Come on, baby. Yeah, our buddy Nicholas Michelson. Nicholas Stephen James Michelson from Florida. Great Mm -hmm. guy. He, I believe, is the one that identified the camera. It is an Instax uh, Fujifilm Instax Mini 8. Specifically the Mini 8 because the Mini 9 is identical other than one little tiny piece inside. But that little tiny piece matters because, of course, it does. Of course. But yeah, Fujifilm Instax Mini 8. And they, they pretty much just gutted one of those things. and Yeah, they, they made a there. few modifications, I believe. They had to reposition a couple of, I think, buttons or something or motors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, it's almost just like pull it out of the camera and shove it in the goggles. And I, that is pretty I cool. guess we should also talk about the goggle frames themselves in Afterlife are 3D yeah. printed. Entirely 3D printed, so they're not real. Nope. If you look, if you get, pay, if you pay close enough attention in the movie, you get some pretty good like side angles, and they're real thick. Mm. They're real thick. Uh, and they're painted in such a way to imply that the frames themselves are metal and not plastic. Oh, um, which normally I'm not a fan of stuff like that, but for the afterlife goggles, I think it works. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we have the addition of uh, a red push button to activate the flash and, or the camera, and then there's mm-hmm. this weird like slider switch, like uh, ridge slider switch underneath that push button on the side. I don't know. I don't know if. I'll have to look at the movie again. I don't know if that slider switch, you you slide that up, that pops the flash, and then you hit the button, and that takes the photo. Right. I think that may be how they operate. But from what I understand, they they operate as they appear to in the film. Um, 
meaning that there's not somebody off camera with a with a remote control or something operating it. Like they can be operated practically by the user. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, if I remember right, they don't actually take pictures. It's just a blank piece of paper that it shoots out. But I know a couple of people have already figured out how to do it and and utilize the actual film. Mm-hmm. which obviously you can't see out of it at that point, but right. Um, you know, small price to pay, I suppose. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They're cool. I love them. I dig them. And I, I'm really excited to try and make a set at some point. Um, There's been a lot of great builds for them. Mm-hmm. And I know those cameras are still pretty readily available. I mean, I think you can they still are. buy them new. They're just going to have the slightly updated components on the inside. But um, I believe in Nick's post that he he made, you can buy non-working ones or for parts only, you know, on eBay, Mm -hmm. pretty cheap. So if you're just looking to do a static prop with accurate components, you know, you could probably pick one up for 15, 20, 30 bucks. Nice. Now you have me obsessed looking at past <laughs> PVS five. Looking, still looking sales. for that battery cover. I'm still looking at that battery cover, man. I mean, this is the kind of shit that ends up keeping me up all night trying to find <laughs> because I can't find it. I'll fi- I've never seen it. Before. I promise you, I'll find it for you and I'll send it to you. It's a damn dirty lie. It's not a lie. As soon as we're done recording, I will find it and I will send it to you. He's lying to me, folks. This guy is a liar. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to make a post on the workbench calling you out, and nobody's going to understand <laughs> until they listen to this. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I, uh, the goggles are so... They're kind of a Ghostbuster staple. You know, they're up there with the Proton Pack, Ghost Trap, and PKE Meter. Yeah, it, it's... It's weird to me that they're they've always I mean I I guess I understand it. They've always kind of been tied to Ray because he uses them in Ghostbusters too. Except during the montage everybody has a chance to use them. Yeah, well that's what I was going to say. It's like he's the he's the main guy that uses them in the first movie, but we see Egon and Peter both wear them in the montage. Yes. Um, yep. So I always thought it was kind of odd that, you know, people tend to think of it as just strictly a Ray prop because mm-hmm. you know and i don't know if the implication is there's only one set and they share them or they're multiple sets i don't know whatever but they're cool i always thought i always thought the implication was like the pk meter there's only one of them yeah whereas uh, ghostbusters afterlife i think implied there's about 25 pk meters it, well scattered around there's at least two yeah i mean and it's not without, you know, outside of the realm of possibility that, you know, he probably built another one at some point. Didn't hurt to have a backup. Plenty, plenty of shoe polishers in the sea. Yes. Probably built this one out no, of a of red course, one instead of a green one. Afterlife implies that he started getting them cast in metal. Yes. <laughs> Which, hey, somebody's going to do it someday. Might be me. Probably not. There you but go. I would. You get your little little aluminum forge in the back using soda cans and start making PKE meter shells out of aluminum. I mean, don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be really cool. Be cool it as would. hell. 
I mean, uh, gosh, the the afterlife PK meter, the taser that worked. You saw the behind the scenes footage of that. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. I'm gonna make one, dude. Come hell or high water, I mean, I'm I'm making one. Some prop guy was just like, "Yep, made a lethal prop. Check it out, Jason. Oh. Isn't this cool? Let's let the youngest person in the cast play with it." <laughs> Do you think that's the reason why it's got those weird rubber grips on the side now is that they're there to ground it so you don't shock yourself when holding on to the metal shell? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, ecto-goggles, uh, rare-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're out there. And still, they're out there. You know, the, the ecto-goggles are cool. You had mentioned that that it's one of those things where pieces and parts for it do kind of end up kind of being readily available. You know, the Greeblies, at least, the IR knobs, side knobs, battery covers and stuff. There's great replicas from Ghostbuster fans. And then now that he's coming out with his replica frames and these new refined replica lenses, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just going to bring the the goggles game into the next stage. Yeah. So I'm... I'm super excited. I don't think his new lenses and stuff will be ready in time for Dragon Con. I would love to be able to slap those those guys together mm-hmm. to bring them for Dragon Con, but I don't think they'll be ready in time. Do you remember if his lenses come with the actual like glass or acrylic for the insides, or was it just the aluminum parts? Um, I know it comes with the aluminum parts. I know it comes with a faceplate, uh, which is not pictured, okay. unfortunately. But let me let me check out his listing. All the money that we uh, we get from plugging Ghostbuster fans, we then have to pay over to Stuart for plugging the Black Firehouse podcast. It just keeps getting handed off in one circle. The whole big like money laundering scheme of nerds personally i would rather not exchange any money i just want parts parts goods and services exchanged because if i get money i might spend it on another part that i i don't need (laughs) that's not true i need all of them but i don't need right now aj's aj's current estimated in stock availability is august 1st so maybe I'll get a I'll get these in time. I don't know. Um but it doesn't make any mention of the actual lenses. Okay. Uh but I'll read the description. These are replicas of the Miranda Mirax Labarec microscope adapters that are used on the ecto goggles and Ghostbusters of nineteen eighty four. These lenses were painstakingly replicated using a set of the original adapters and are faithfully replicated with a two part design. Each lens consists of two pieces that interlock and are held in place by the external screws like the original. The main body of the lens is adenized black with the left lens featuring silver adenizing and the right lens black adenizing. The main body of the lens includes a straight edge knurling for additional accuracy. Lenses easily mount into the included mounting plate and works perfectly with their replica night vision frames. And then going over to the night vision frames. God, they're so gorgeous. And only a hundred bucks. I mean, so for a set of real A and PBS five A's, you're looking at about three hundred dollars. Yeah. 
that that seems to be the market price and we've we've touched on how absolutely fragile they are um but these are <laughs> gb fans has done it again the description reads these are nearly exact replicas of the of the actual anpbs5 night vision goggle frames used for the ecto goggles in all three films these replica frames were painstakingly reproduced using 3D scans of original frames. They've been created using injection-molded ABS and are far superior in construction and strength to the originals from the 70s and 80s. That is absolutely 100% true. Uh, they're molded in close-matching olive drab green and include dot snaps just like the original. Lenses, knobs, labels, padding, and head straps sold separately. Um... And those are due to be in stock September fifteenth of twenty twenty two. Nice. So they are they are still in transit, but all the holes are drilled out that need to be drilled out, with exception to the uh, activation knob. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you'll need to, of course, supply your own decals to that. Yeah. Um, and then he has side knobs. The aluminum battery knob with strap, which is great. Then he has just the rubber strap, if you just want to buy the little rubber snap. And then uh, that side label is included on his uh, metallic vinyl labels mm -hmm. yeah. for the pack. And th that's great. That's one of the labels. That's kind of like uh, you, can, you can go with either GB Fans. Actually, I think it's just GB Fans that offers the goggle labels. I don't think Max Factory's pack labels do. Um, but the, the nice thing about the GB fans goggle label is it's going to be accurate because we've had hands on it. Mm -hmm. So we know what the measurements are. We know what it's made out of. Um, and it's included on the same sheet that he includes the, the foil replacement labels for clippered valves, which, uh, I've reviewed before on, on my personal website are great. Yeah. Um, manufactured practically in the same way that the real ones were, you know, that nice thin foil label not not super thick not super thin <laughs> just right just right just right but i don't know man so now that now the big experiment is we've done an episode on goggles we got to see how many people start building goggles yeah i've noticed that the workbench has been kind of slow lately so i'm like we got to talk about something that's going to get people to build them and i'm hoping that we're going to see a slew of ecto goggle builds now there's i mean you know the the workbench i kind of like that we get those slow periods and then we get these favorite moments where people are 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 putting out new projects and things like that there's always something kind of cool going on there mm -hmm. uh jason gleason just finished up his electronics kit build um for a, a particular pke meter 3d kit yeah um, but now he's going to start adapting it for actual Iona shoe polishers, which I'm really jazzed about. Um, Jason being a member of Ghostbusters Virginia. So again, super proud of my little franchise and all the makers that, that we have within it. Um, but there's always something cool going on there. Lots of people always joining just to kind of check out. We get shit tons of lurkers oh, yeah. of people trying to just see what what is going on. Um, and then of course, you know, denying every other post that comes through. 
<laughs> not true. Not true. There's not a conspiracy to only allow certain people's posts through, but there is still uh, a nice, a nice high bar. I would, it's the it's the quality over quantity, man. Yeah, I would much rather have a good topic come up or a good build come up than, hey, we wish we wish Dan Aykroyd a happy birthday. And that stuff's fine, just not in a build it is. group. Most of the time. right, just not in a elitist douchebag build group. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you build <laughs> a screen accurate replica of Dan Aykroyd? Then I don't care. Yeah, I, I've seen some builds of Dan Aykroyd. They're terrifying. Nothing tops um, that one Bill Murray life size bust that somebody did years ago. Back the thing was made out of nightmares. No, the the same guy that did the Bill Murray did a Dan Aykroyd, and it's terrifying. Oh, I don't. I I still have photos of it. Wait, I, I'm getting flashbacks. I, I I think I blocked it from my memory, but it's coming back. <laughs> Because the one I'm the Bill Murray one I'm talking about, I first saw on uh, ASAP back in like 2002 or three, and I'm sure it was probably made before then. But I remember no, I, I remember somebody had posted pictures of a life size they had done with it, and they put it in an OD green flight suit, and I was just like, this somehow makes it scarier, <laughs> more terrifying. Yeah, mirror universe, Bill Murray. We try not to like shit on anybody's hard work, but these things were pure nightmare. Like, uh, there's there's some really fantastic busts um, mm -hmm. in 3D prints and everything, and garage builds that feature the likeness of Bill Murray and, and Dan Aykroyd. These these just happen to be life size, you know, four mannequins. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's <laughs> there's something to be said seeing your heroes beheaded. Yeah. And grotesquely yeah. recreated. Well, it, where it just—it <laughs> was something about again. I couldn't sculpt it, but like it was just something no. about the way it looked. He looked dead, dead inside, like his <laughs> eyes. You know, just it was. He was so far in the uncanny valley. Yeah, that, that that's it. The no uncanny escape. valley is what it is. It's it's just yeah. It's terrifying. But goggles, I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a set of uh, A and P VS five A's, and uh, for a long time, I was gonna just use what I could get a hold of, try and get some replica lenses and stuff. But you know, we touched upon it; they're so fragile. Yeah. And it's just not something that, unless I get a hold of real. Miranda Mirax lenses. Yeah. I don't I don't even want to do anything with them anymore. Well, and it's like isn't there only like two or three people that have even ever found one of the real lenses? Um, I think it's more okay. than that. Uh I I think there used to be probably more lenses out there until what they were got out and then suddenly they disappeared and a few people have a bunch. Gotcha. And then nobody else has any. I know they're still overall rare as far as parts go, but I feel like there might be uh, a horde of them out there. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but I, you know, um, I mean, they'll but again, they'll pop up eventually. What, eventually, one day, at a weird estate sale, that everybody's just totally confused why this guy has a bunch of like weird surplus. 
laboratory adapters and small milky white hat lights and uh and old busted thermostats <laughs> turns out he was a ghostbusters collector he was a ghostbusters collector and his his parents or his uh, significant other they they didn't give a shit so there's 25 cents for a ghostbusters bella i'll take them all here's a hundred bucks keep the change Here you go. just just give me everything that was in the garage <laughs> I wish. Oh, I wish. But uh I think we're so we're at the hour fifty two mark. This has been a good episode, Austin. Has it? I hope so. <laughs> I mean little, a little off the rails a little bit, but it, you know, we reeled hey, it back in. We went off the rails a little bit, but we talked about ecto goggles. We've been meaning to talk about ecto goggles, and now all of our listeners have a basic understanding of what the ecto goggles were if they didn't before. Um and the, the main thing is Go to GhostbustersFans.com to get your Ecto goggles. And then head on over to the Ghostbusters reference library to check out all the reference material you're going to need to build those Ecto goggles with. Yes. And then while you're building them, post your build on Spangler's 1984 workbench while giving the Black Firehouse podcast a five-star review. We don't ask much of our listeners. Does that cover everything? I think so. That covers everything. Well, guys... We're going to go ahead and, and call that our final thoughts for the evening. Um, as always, this has been a pleasure. Austin, I always love talking props with you. I can't wait for our next episode. Definitely going to have to make sure we get everything coordinated yes. so we can get those New York guys on here and talk about filming locations, which is a totally new topic that we haven't really gotten a chance to delve into. So I'm, I'm super jazzed about that. Me too. Um, still lots in the in the barrel you know every time i'll sit and think driving around oh man are we gonna run out of topics dude fuck no never nah we're gonna we'll, and eat, when we're when we'll we're visit stuff but we still have a lot well i mean we haven't even covered like what brand were the marshmallows they made the stay puff marshmallow bag out of like they use real marshmallows what were they i don't know we're gonna figure it out damn it we're gonna we're gonna find vintage we're gonna we're gonna Fox News this shit where we just ask questions that don't have answers. <laughs> uh, hey man, I'm allowed to ask questions. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, half our listeners like, oh, keep the politics out of here. We're not talking politics. Making fun of Fox News. Get get off your high horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as always, this is. Uh, you could check us out on our RSS feed, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our social media website on Facebook, Black Firehouse Podcast. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, or, of course, join the conversation over at Spengler's 1984 Workbench. For the Black Firehouse Podcast, this is Dan Harshman and Austin Young saying, uh, if you want us to start a TikTok, let us know. Jesus Christ, no. Go out and build something. As a duly designated representative of the city, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Spring has gone bye-bye. For whatever reason, call it fate, call it luck, 
call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that we were destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? To go into business for ourselves. Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. We're ready to believe you.